Welcome to Simpac Live, where the rubber meets the road. I'm your host, Jeff Matthews, and today I'm going to be talking to Timothy Brake, a chemical engineer and landfill expert with Waste Management New Zealand. Timothy has a unique perspective on waste and the critical role it plays in greenhouse gas emissions. And like the climate scientists of the 1990s, I think we should be listening carefully to what people like Timothy have to say about our current waste and circular economy systems. Welcome, Timothy. Hi. Now, Timothy, your quote, you, you made a quote, it was published in uh, the New Zealand Herald uh, a, little, a little while ago, but it caught my eye. And I have, I have, um, I have uh, attributed this quote to you in, in several occasions. And so, and and when it caught my eye, I thought I'd really like to interview that person. And, and so, thank you very much for coming on my show and, and and connecting. And the quote was this: "It was the more you know about recycling, the less you sleep at night." And this was from a person you who had been uh, involved in in waste and and landfill for for fifteen years with, with a with a background in in in, in chemical engineering, and. And and that quote came with me in a journey I've been on to learn more about plastics, because when we really get down to it, perhaps the quote can be attributed to plastics. The more you learn about plastics, the less you sleep at night. And no, so uh, it's, more, it's wider than that. <laughs> it's wider than that. Okay. So 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 tell me on your fill us the viewer in on on your journey and and how you got to the point of of of, of making that statement and and what you mean by it. Um, well, again, I'm a chemical engineer, so I have a material view of matter as opposed to an object view. And sitting as the gatekeeper for uh, to Redvale Landfill, which is um, the largest um, landfill in the Auckland region run by Waste Management, um, and um, it, I guess, gives a, not say a unique perspective, because that's not what I'm trying to say, but it gives a perspective that a lot of people don't seem to have. And I guess, um, and the issue I, I have is that, and as I, I've also said in the article, that recycling is essentially a fraud, and so is the circular economy, because they're not n delivering anywhere near what what they currently people think they're delivering, but also there is no hope for them, because the materials in them aren't sustainable. I mean, the I might come back to plastic if you ask me nicely later, but the plastics are essentially used oils. And so if you put it back into the circular economy and use it twice, that's twice as good, or more honestly, half as awful. But all you're doing is maintaining the status quo and giving people hope that they continue to buy polyethylene um, PET bottles for fizzy drink and then expect um, the waste industry to make it disappear in a, into an infinite recycling loop. So um, even some of the other materials like metals, etc., they're deep spirals. They're not actually fully um, re recyclable materials. The losses across the, the, the processes are just more than incremental. And so all of these things are not... Um, it's. I think it's disingenuous to call it circular, and even though it, it's, it everybody wants things to be circular. The only, I guess, the only circular um, materials that, that are on the earth are what I call the short carbon cycle materials, the materials that are growing today um, that came from the CO2 that um, that was was breathed out today by by you and I. So these are the sorts of materials that that offer, I, I guess, a a short carbon cycle um, circular. Um, hope for us, and I think everything else really we need to be very careful on. 
Yeah, it's, um, I've just recorded a, um, a, a Simpac live on uh, on green aluminium, um, which we only produce a, a tiny little bit. But once aluminium is produced, it, it it can be infinitely recycled on a very small amount of um, energy. But well, we but yeah. but we do put contaminants in it. That, that yes, make and, it. And so, for example, we, we alloy it as well. So, it, each alloy has a different yes. use. But, but also, you have to realise that alum, to stop aluminium from catching fire, we actually oxidise both surfaces significantly. So, the actual aluminium is actually reduced. The actual metal inside mm -hmm. is actually reduced each time we actually make an object. Yes. Okay. I, 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 I get, you, I get your point. And, and, and so when you. Because you also make electricity from uh, from methane uh, from your landfill, from uh, the organic uh, uh, material, and I think you've been quoted as saying, you know, anything organic's fine, um, and anything that isn't is 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 really in this recycling loop is not truly recyclable. It, you're saying it's either it's either diminishing, or we might only get one or two uh, one more use out of it. Uh, and I think he used the example of, um, uh, you know, um, fleece being used, uh, being made out of plastic, you know, bottles for a second use, but then it comes to um, it comes to be that it can't be recycled from there. Yes, and that's, I mean, that's the point, is that, um, yes, you've, you've taken a, a, a PET bottle, fizzy drink bottle, sent it across to China, come back as cheap polyester clothing, that's it. And we can't do anything more with that material. So it, all we've done is delayed the disposal of that fidget drink bottle by the product life cycle of the next product. Um, and the problem is we've given people hope when, we, when they've put the, put the fidget drink bottle in their recycling that they can continue to buy another fidget drink bottle. Right. And, and, and the fraud word that you use is because people's perception is that we're actually way ahead of the game when we're not. And, um, and it's given them a sense of guilt relief that they can take another PET bottle, drink it, throw it away. Oh, and it's, it's going to be recycled. It, it's, it's fine. And, yes. and, and changing those perceptions backwards a step it's it's a hard ask and and the truth reality for people suddenly find something an action or a behavior they've done for years is not resulting in the in the end outcome they thought it was yep right and, that, and that's the case for 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 all the materials be it glass be it steel be it um, um aluminium be it um um, the the um, oil-based plastics, the, the plant-based plastics are actually a separate group altogether. Um, if you want to talk about them later, that's really great. But the problem with the word plastic is it's not actually a technical term that's useful because it all just means something when you push it, it stays pushed. Um, that's all, all the plastic means. So you basically the materials are either oils, used oils, or use plant and they are quite different worlds as, as opposed to for, for climate change and also for um, I guess re recyclability because you can break down most plant-based plastics biologically to make um, the building blocks of life again. Right so let's uh, so let's look at uh, the good and the bad I think that you've um, you've talked about this and and, and the the um, the the depot that you've been uh, overseeing in Auckland, um, you generate about 
I think over twelve million dollars in electricity every year from from um, twelve mega twelve megawatts of electricity, or about eighty eight gigawatt hours. So um, yeah, um, make about seven and a half million dollars um, to the national grid, and we're also part of the base load, of course, because it's right. a continuous process. And and, and that's from. Uh, that's from organic matter that's um, that's breaking down naturally, or do you stimulate it? No, um, um, at the moment we're, we're quite um, relaxed about um, managing it as an anaerobic digester, so we, we just let the anaerobes do their thing. But uh, I mean, the classic example is, is a ton of um, of cardboard can make up to two megawatts of sustainable electricity at our landfill, but a ton of cardboard in, in a compost makes nothing. Right. Okay, and and so and this is what we call uh, co commercial um, commercial uh, composting is different from the stuff you would put in your garden composting. Well, the, there's two words here. One is compostable, but the real word is composting. So to make compost, you take plant material which contains lignin, which degrades down to humic matter, and it contains NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So compost is the the wet sponge that makes the, the soil um, contain the water, and NPK. When you put something in a compost that doesn't contain those materials, you don't actually make compost. So the materials may be compostable, but they're not composting. And it's really important to understand that they're not the same thing. Most of the European compostable standards just measure how fast the piece gets to a certain size to fall through a mesh. Has no paces no value on the on the material as such. And so Compostable and composting, are they still giving off um, methane, uh, you know? Well, a perfect compost doesn't bring off methane. Problem is, perfect composts don't exist. So if you can smell composting, there's, there is some anaerobic stuff going on. So, um, I mean, most compost, composts smell to some extent. Um, and depending on what they're trying to compost, whether they smell, food will make it smell more because food rots quicker, so you end up with more molecules trying to get off at the same, get out at the same time. Um, but basically, compost will produce methane. Um, but again, as with um, cows, the elderly, and landfills, the methane's coming from a plant or animal, so it's actually has only a short-term effect in the environment. It's not methane from a coal mine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and so you've got. I think I read something like six thousand trucks a day of, of of waste coming to the to, to the to the landfill. Six thousand tons of waste. Six six thousand tons of waste. Okay, six thousand tons of waste coming into the landfill. How much and and is any of that siphoned off to re, to to the recycling? Is it is it sorted or is that what goes into the landfill or you get sorted there? No, the the landfill does no sorting. So if 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 there's only if there's going to be sorting, it's 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 through that distribution chain prior to the, its, its right. arrival. Okay, and so when it arrives in the landfill, um, uh, what what's the what's the process from there? It it, it remains in the in the landfill itself, and uh, what happens if there are contaminants in it or anything like that? Is it... Well, I mean, we as the gatekeeper, we we have. Uh, 
I manage controls. We have a consent as to the levels of, of contaminants that, that are um, legally allowed to, to be um, um, taken in the landfill. It's based on the US EPA's definition of hazardous waste, which is based on the on their water standards. So basically, we're not allowed to have things that will leach out of the waste and and potentially contaminate water supplies. Yeah. So heavy metals like like lead, of course, are um, are persistent. They just stick stick there wherever they were. So yeah. um, those sorts of materials are okay. Um, but but some of the more um, soluble materials, um, 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 we, we have again lower limits for those. Right. Okay. And and in terms of what can you, if you're if you're a consumer at home, and you've been used to sorting your recycling out, and I I know that there's been um, it comes out occasionally over a large number of years that your recycling isn't actually being recycled. What and to 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 sort of give consumers what what can they do at home that that would actually um, you know uh, enable them to sleep easier at night or, or can they sleep easier at night? Well, they need to transfer the the process back a step. It's not what they throw out that, that they have to deal with. It's what they buy. And that um, I, I I do some lectures and one of them is on um, procured stewardship. Basically, before you buy something, turn around 180 degrees and think, what am I going to do with this when I've finished with it? So if you buy, say, a um, a, a woolen um, 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 jumper, yes. at, the, at, at the end of the life, when it's got holes, you know you're not prepared to, 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 to patch it anymore. If you throw it out, no matter where you throw it, it's going to decay down to nothing. If you buy a polyester jumper, then it's not going to um, de decompose. So it's going to be in a landfill, or if you're incinerated, it's going to go straight into climate change increment because you're burning an oil. So again, so the, the, first, the first step if someone wants to sleep a little better at night is to look at what you buy. So buy the plants and animals that live within your lifetime as, as materials. Buy yourself a, um, a, um, a leather handbag. Buy yourself... A, a a silk shirt, but again, because when, when you've made those decisions, then then when you've they've entered your home and eventually will become a waste decision, then you have something that you ha that that has has viability and also potentially um, extractability. I mean, again, if a, a ton of 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 cotton t-shirts, we can make two megawatts of electricity out of. Yeah. So, so, so it it is. It's it's bef before the home that matters because if you don't bring it in, it does. Waste is a purchasing decision. You have to bring because the the, the manufacturing um, process will not step up. So we need to actually send supply signals through the supply chain to say we want more sustainable products by only bringing those into our homes. Yes. Or or or, or we do like we've done with plastic straws and just regulate and. Uh... <laughs> and uh, and yes, and, and look. So the and and what what about some of the um, the biggest waste I see? You know, in monitoring what goes out of my house is all packaging. So it's actually not the hundred percent cotton shirt you buy. And I know I've stood there and looked at the, at the label of this shirt and seeing are these buttons, you know, plastic or are they, you know, are they are they are they are they, are they you know, a casing. Um, but then, you know, you're standing there at the counter and they want to put it in, you know, wrap it up for you and then put it in a plastic bag and then put it in another plastic bag. 
And and some of the packaging, uh, as a father, when I had a young girl and getting Barbie dolls would just drive me nuts. So, well, again, part of that whole process is that that we're inclined to look at sustainability either by OPEX or CAPEX. So our operational sustainability, or if we build or buy things, our our, op, our, um, our um, CAPEX sustainability. So you have like a supermarket who's fixated with stopping lettuce leaves from their from their veggie um, centre going to, to landfill. But what people don't understand is that there's a whole chunk, what I call, of, 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 their, of sustainability, which is basically what we give or sell to others. And so the vast majority of a, of, the, of a supermarket's unsustainability is leaving via the trolleys um, in, 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 from, from, from their, their front door. And so I believe that what we need to do is provide people with choices. So if you have a more sustainable solution at the supermarket, it may be twice the price of the other material, but at least you're going to have a choice at the moment. It's all come in plastic, whether you like it or not. So at least we need the, – the, if you are going to produce – products and services, you should be looking at providing at least a small wedge of a more sustainable solution and let your customers choose whether they're prepared to pay the extra for it. But it, but if you if all you've got is, is an unsustainable um, um, product mix, then they can't choose anything apart from not buying it. Yes. Yes, and, and and consuming less across the board is 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 a, is a movement that's gathering momentum, especially in clothing. Interestingly enough, um, uh, fast fashion. I, I'm uh, and I saw you might have seen online the the, the picture um, of the clothing pile in the Atacama Desert, um, which is just wrong on so many counts. It's 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 not funny. Yes, I guess less is good, don't get me wrong, but the problem is, is that we actually have to go past that sort of point. And, and if we look at less from a residual waste perspective, 100% um, cotton shirt or 100% um, woolen um, jumper is has no residual waste. And that's, that's, I guess, the other way of looking at waste from a material perspective is what, what's left after a biological system or a, or a fire has actually burnt it or, or consumed it in, in its various formats. And so, I mean, I mean, sheep have been around for 20 million years. Where's the great piles of wool on the planet? They just It isn't there because, again, there's no residual waste associated with that particular material. Yes. And, and from um, – and does your um, – does recycling itself – um, and these different materials that you've got coming in or you're see seeing come in, are there any other centres that provide um, a, a, a profitability centre? Like I'm talking here aluminium cans or, or steel recycling or, or bits and pieces, or is it all going into a, not only a, a, what you call a spiralling loop, it's not uh, truly circular, but it's, but it's economically expensive as well. Um, yeah, and basically none of them make sense. I mean, we've given people the false sense that recycling materials are a resource and therefore they want to be paid for it um, as opposed to, um, to dis dispose of it. So a lot of these things are done at really marginal cost. And the only thing that's driving them from a marginal cost perspective is the distortions in the waste industry with levies and other and and subsidies but I mean if you if you extract the the levies and subsidies from all of these things none of them make sense because they don't make sense they
they, there, there was no value in it for anybody to to afford to do it. And then when you add the the waste kilometres and all those other things in the background, which is also, I guess, um, hidden from an emissions perspective, um, it becomes even more less sustainable. And I guess that's the bit I, I, I have a great concern about, is that this is like a Ponzi scheme. The governments and that will continue to try and fund all these things up to, 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 to make to, to have they so they have some some activity, but when they realise it's not actually getting us anywhere and they pull the plug out, um, we're going to be left with a whole lot of facilities that aren't going to be viable. Yes, and in the meantime, by subsidising the end of life of a product, let's just say the government by subsidising recycling um, and and waste disposal is subsidising you disposing the end of life of it makes it just so much easier to buy to start with. And, uh, you know, it quickly, if you couldn't dispose of anything, your house would be so full of stuff that you'd have to stop bringing new stuff in. That's and, right. Um, yeah, so... And another one of my throwaway lines I say is, if you're not prepared to throw it in the sea, don't buy it, because some of it's going to end up there. Yes, and, and, and I, I, I saw that comment, and I thought about uh, this maybe as a behavioural, uh, and I was just talking to a behavioural scientist just before, but, um, you know, the problem is, is, you know, I've seen people that would just throw stuff in the sea, and, um, and where somebody like myself wouldn't have the conscience to do it, I think other people do it without thinking about it. And um, yes, yeah, so I was. But but, so, but but some of the things you you've brought over the years have ended up in the sea, whether you've liked it or not. But but also you can throw stuff in the sea. You can throw a um, a brown paper bag in the sea. It doesn't matter. I mean that that's the that's the point of the process is that you can throw stuff in the sea. Fish and and things will eat stuff. You can throw um, a a piece of meat in the sea if you want to, um, um, minus the hook. Um, because again, the the, the systems there. Um, 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 treated as food. The problem when we add inerts like microfibers and that is that anything that was fibrous and floating around the sea over the last three and a half billion years, um, the food chain just thought, oh, that's something to eat. So they eat it. And so it fills up the um, the process. And I remember going fishing once and I caught a snapper and it had a plastic bait trying to um, um, shit it out the whatever the hole is out the back. And I thought, I'm never going to have uh, used plastic baits ever again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, look. Th thank you for talking to me. I don't know if I'm. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to sleep any easier tonight. But, uh, but in some ways, you, you've in some ways you've uh, you've you've summed up what I've been thinking. That you know that you know how you consume and what you take home from the store. And 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 if you look honestly at your own rubbish disposal uh, every 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 time you take it out. Uh, it, it seems um, our our desire, and, and perhaps it come from a drive for food safety or something. But it, you know, our, our, it, it, you know, there's so many things come wrapped in plastic and wrapped in plastic that um, I, I look at you know how much I eat and how much I. It's not actually food waste; it's it's a packaging waste from it. Uh, and as a consumer, there's only one thing you can do is try and step up yourself and try and look at it and say, do I really need to put that in a plastic bag or could I just take it home um, with everything else and, and maybe I'll have to wash it when I get home, but, you know, so be it. That's, that's my fresh fruit and vegetables. 
Um, well, largely, yes. Um, but again, the supermarket has to have a section where it's not wrapped in plastic. I mean, buy a Telegraph cucumber that's not wrapped in plastic, I don't think you'll find one. I mean, these, that's the sort of issues that they have. But, I mean, they could wrap it in a plant-based plastic like, like PLA, polylactic acid um, polymers. Um, it's still not composting, but it is, compost, comp but it is comp compostable. Or, again, a tonne of it will make um, um, landfill gas and make electricity because it's just sugar. But yeah. I mean, there is those sorts of solutions. So, so the the, the use of uh, sugar cane uh, fibre and stuff like to make um, uh, we've got a uh, a taco chain here in in Australia that make um, their their bowls instead of making them out of plastic, they're out of a sugar cane fibre. And um, I know you said that that won't make electricity if you put it in a land. It's not going to be... Well, no, no, no. It will make, ele it will make electricity. What it won't do is it's not composting because it doesn't actually break down fast enough to make compost. Right, okay. So, but it will break down in a, in a landfill and... Yeah, and it may take 10 years. Some of those, the, the, the lignans are quite hard to degrade. Right, 10 years. But, but we're looking at 150 to 500 years for some of the plastics to degrade. Well, yes, and, and they're also based on a, on the long carbon cycle. So when they finally do degrade, up go the CO2 levels in the atmosphere in generations to come, which is even more, I guess, sneaky for, for future generations is, is this all this stuff we're actually putting in as, as legacy materials. I mean, one of the things I also say is we must be, if we want to be sustainable in the future, we must concentrate on the things with the longest product life cycle because at the end of that product, life cycle, it'll still be what it is. If you want to be sustainable in 20 years' time, you've got to put down a woolen carpet now, because in 20 years' time, that nylon carpet is still nylon. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I saw in New Zealand there was a debate, uh, a legal case actually, between the manufacturers of nylon carpet and the manufacturers of wool carpet, and the nylon saying they had less embedded CO2, which um, uh as, as you know, embedded CO2 over 20 years and uh, and that, that embedded CO2 of, uh, of the nylon carpet is going to be there forever. Uh, where, you know, so... Um uh, I don't. I haven't seen the outcome of that, but I know it was. I know it was in, in New Zealand courts, and I know it, it seemed to me to be ridiculous. So. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm just 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 a thought process. But again, um, product life cycle is really important. Sure, we're inclined to go after the low hanging fruits when we need to really look at at the long product life cycle embedded carbon, especially if there's a potential like a plastic for it, the find of its life to be oxidised and and create climate change when we really really don't need any more. No, no, no. We, here, here, here we go. What we do, and and I've said I've said also to uh, to, to kids I meet young young kids today. And I say, do you know what your lasting legacy on the planet will be? You know, what will be here in 500 years? It's your disposable nappy. And it, it seems to shock them uh, into the reality that some of the stuff that we're doing is it's going to be a, a, around a, a very long time. And more, more disposable nappies are made for adults than for children. Right. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know that fact. So I, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that till ten years ago. It was not knowledge I found terribly appetising <laughs> as I get older. But anyway, it's it's something to think about. The, the 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 turnover point was about twelve years ago from the manufacturing of 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 diapers globally. So there now more diapers are made by for, for adults than children.
Right. Okay. Well, look, perhaps on that note, we will end this conversation. It's been very good talking to you. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a discussion, as I said, I don't know if I'm going to sleep better at night, but uh, at least we've had a discussion. And uh, thank you for also your contra- your personal contribution, because we don't um, get many people who are in the recycling business or, or the waste management recycling get up and saying, actually, this is this is wrong. We're, we're doing it the wrong way around. And, uh, and it's quite interesting, and it was really interesting to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Timothy. You're most welcome. 